Welcome back to Death Watch's Call of Cthulhu campaign, Descent into Darkness, Season 3. This is episode number 7, Lucky number 7, Dr. Andrews. <laughs> I am Travis, and I will be the Keeper of Arcane Lore. Before we return to the scenario, let us first get an introduction from our investigators. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm playing Detective Jack Glover, currently on suspension. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm Brandon, playing Dr. Andrews, and you need not know anything else about me. (laughs) I am Justin, playing Lance Monroe, and he is currently trying to figure out how all these pieces fit together. And I'm John, playing James L. Whitmire, who was born in a small town... (laughs) About 25 years ago in Jesus, a, God, a wood no. shed. <laughs> <laughs> You're born in a wood shed? Yep, where everybody was. Born in a wood shed. Yeah. That's uh, where, where everybody was where born. Else are you gonna be Didn't born? you know that? Maybe on a wagon or something. <laughs> Hospitals were just multiple wood sheds. I don't know what yeah. fancy dream world work. you live in. <laughs> all right. And uh, have you figured out how all the pieces fit together, Mr. Monroe? Absolutely not. No? No. I've figured this out. What's your theory? <laughs> we just need to throw Monroe into that house. Okay. <laughs> get it done. We'll okay. get to the bottom of it. All right. Yep. So we left. And Dr. if he doesn't, that gin will definitely be regretting <laughs> the fact that anybody ever summoned it. Bound in a paper mache <laughs> coffin made out of those flyers. Yeah. yeah. Lance Monroe does seem to have a knack for getting critical successes when... It comes to his life being on the line. <laughs> it all runs out one day, Justin, and I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there to point and laugh at Monroe. Well, hopefully he ends up going the route of Johan and mm-hmm. ending up serving some dark <laughs> deity in his insanity. So, Dr. Andrews and Whitmire, you were on the second floor of the Hermetic Order of the Silver Twilight there at the library. Um looking at a bunch of encyclopedias that had recently been donated by Rupert Merriweather. Yes. And you are about to discover something about the the djinn, but not really because you had failed your role mm-hmm. to see if there was information there. Yeah. And as you read through the entry, you know, which of the entries are, are like a page or two long in the encyclopedia, it's mostly what you've already kind of known from just growing up and hearing about Genie and whatnot, and then what Monroe has told you or what you've read since then. So there's nothing really new to add into that. And 
But she did find out what the glund fluid was. Yeah. Cerebrospinal fluid. Yep. Um, so you'll be needing some of that if you want to make the dust of Ibn Ghazi. Right. Did it, uh... Or the, the special incense that dulls the jinn's cunning. Well, Dr. Cole always says he wants to help. <laughs> uh... I mean, he's a doctor with uh, <laughs> access to some mental patients. Oh, yeah, that's even darker. Yeah, let's do that. So while you guys were split around the library there searching for any good information, it is when you're reading that entry that Dr. Call kind of comes up with his uh, conspiratorial investigative look you've come to know. And he's like, so about this house situation, Dr. Andrews, mm-hmm. are we any closer? I think so. Now that I've discovered what glund fluid is. Yes. Let's Ghastly, though, don't you think? Yes. But uh, what what are we going to do? Are we going out there tomorrow? Mm, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll have to confer with my colleagues on this. I feel like there's more information that I just can't seem to gather due to poor roles. So I'll have to see what they can come up with. <clears throat> That's life. There's always more information to gather. At some point, you just have to make a decision. Yeah, but we can't. Uh, we've got to take care if we intend to banish this thing. It must be done correctly. Well, where else can we look? We come into this library. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> well, what's next for you, Dr. Andrews? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Time for you to hit the hospital and get some glund fluid. But we are going to need some cerebrospinal fluid. Mm. Could. Hmm. I don't. That would be difficult. Perhaps, perhaps uh, cadavers, uh, maybe some no. could be harvested that way. I don't think so. I don't think you can harvest it that way. But what are you, what are you thinking? Pray tell, Doc. Lumbar punctures. We can, you know, just take some from people. It would seem unethical, even if they volunteer to do that. Uh, think of your oaths. Is it unethical if they volunteer? Well, I don't think anybody would be in their right mind if they volunteered. I'm not sure how good we are at harvesting that in this era, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it might be a one-time thing, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I'll oh, to... why don't you just uh, get some from a... Uh, see if you get one from a college <laughs> or, uh, what am I thinking, a uh, mortuary. Yeah, I was on. I was. I'm right sure there I can drum some up. Too. Right. As uh, you guys sit tight, I'll be back in an hour. But uh, maybe a medicine <laughs> roll. Yeah, you could give a medicine roll as you're chatting with Doctor Call. And then we just make up the uh, whether or not it's what you can do to get it, if need be. Yeah, I mean, I just and I don't, I don't know if it, if you can get it from corpses. But maybe if you had tray panned yourself, the way would be more clear. Well, why not? It's still got to be some fluid in there, right? Yeah, give it a shake. Turn them upside down. There's my medicine yeah. roll. Uh, yeah, you. I mean, you think you could get it from corpses? It would. It wouldn't. It would have to be a relatively fresh corpse, though. Okay. As you're not sure if putrefaction of any of that would disrupt what is called for. But then again, the ancients didn't weren't able to preserve bodies. That's true. For a long time. So maybe it just has to be the fluid gathered from the brain. Yeah. There's a bunch of that stuff like uh, 
making booze, like all the steps you got to go through. Like yeah. Or they didn't have all these uh, moral quandaries and just took it when they needed it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're a giant cult sacrificing people daily, yeah, I don't think you got to worry about it. Time to call up those, uh, those boys that helped us in the last... Oh, the series, the knights of what were they? <laughs> hey, kids, we need a body. <laughs> no problem. I'm Pack sure where they, we'll they know where three. the uh, yeah, yeah. So, I guess you know, maybe if we got access to a morgue, we could gather what we needed. Yeah, well, I th- if I th- we absolutely had to, we could dig up. Wait, no, I think mortuary, would, but you'd have to get it like real. Well, if fresh. it's been, if it's been, yeah. if it's been in like. Uh, what do they call Embalmed. it? Embalmed. Yeah, prepared. I don't think that'll work, Dr. Andrews. Eh? But did Monroe tell anybody yet? No, not Monroe. But Whitmire. Glover and Whitmire, did they tell anybody about all the corpses they found? Mm-hmm. Okay. But you don't know that. Yeah, because Glover, you've only told... Or didn't you guys discuss it at your... Um, I to- talked to the de- the homicide detective that stopped me this morning at breakfast. Uh, mm. Yeah, but... Burton? But- no, it's like no, that's Meriwether's kid. Uh, but we did have Randall Bell. Are you I think you, you at mean... least mentioned the one that Whitmire found because you were like, "Tell, tell him Whitmire," and John was just like, "It was a body. Here's his ID." Oh no! Like talked about the bodies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah amongst the group, we did have dinner yeah. after they after everyone got back. Yeah, they know about the bodies, but uh, I thought he was asking if I told anyone about the bodies oh, outside gotcha. of the group. No, just amongst each other. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can think in that direction that there is a bunch of undiscovered corpses in an abandoned train depot down by Ross's corner. Maybe it could be gathered there. Uh, Dr. Call says, well, you know, we definitely have the uh, the means to, to get a, a cadaver. We're both doctors. Yeah. I'm sure you know somebody. I, I'd have to do a little bit of digging, but... I dare say I could find somebody as well. There might even be a corpse storage area in the hospital itself, right? Yeah, right. Is that the kind of thing that uh, they might have uh, for testing purposes at like a medical college? Maybe, but it would require another sort of role to source it that way. That might not be as fresh, too. Whereas at at a hospital, you might be able to just sneak in and get someone that has a sheet just put over them. But I was treating the cache of corpses at the train depot as Andrew's mm-hmm. internal thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and call Dr. Call's not privy to it yet. Right. So. That said, like uh, I believe the corpses were aged to a point. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah, uh, they did have varying levels of <laughs> dry aging. That, yeah. that said, <laughs> we'll find the most recent. You might be able to like uh what would the not reconstitute? Uh, where would that be the right word? I don't know if it would be, but you know, you might be able to do mix something. it with a little water and shake yeah, it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Although every time we go out there, we risk running into whatever did that. Yeah, it's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, there is an open question there that you don't know what the fresh, the state of the freshest body was. Although you might infer that. At least one of them was pretty fresh, hmm. based off of their narrative. Smell. Yeah, That's, still juicy. Mm-hmm. That said, you could probably just go stand out on a street corner, Brandon, and you might cause a That's true. A car Somebody accident. Somebody could die from my <laughs> <Yeah>. bad luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I guess. And from Whitmire's perspective, there is at this time, I, I seem to remember there was quite a bit of a uh, fresh corpse trade amongst um, medical schools and things like that, where yeah. like the poor would well, sell. Like the I said, of... get, give me about an hour and I can get you some. Okay. Well, yeah. So that, that is probably the avenue I would take. I'll talk to Whitmire and see what he can shake up. Okay. Well, he's there in the library with you. Yeah. He was, uh, he had kind of, went to look at other parts of the shelves because he couldn't stand watching you handle those encyclopedias knowing their value. <laughs> so he just had to walk away. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you can run the idea by him, Whitmire. Yeah. yeah. So based on what I found, this glen fluid that we're going to need is cerebrospinal fluid. So the best place to get that would be from fresh corpses. Okay. So see if, well, <clears throat> see if you can find any fresh corpses. <laughs> or do you just want the fluid or just the fluid sure yeah okay well, I'll get you one or the one or the other <laughs> we might need medical I'll start eyeballing doctor call mm. all right what um was there any indication of how much fluid would be needed from the it depends on how much of the incense you wanted to prepare because it needed to be at a ratio of uh, one part glen fluid to ten parts, whatever your incense was comprised of. Yeah. And according to the uh, the breakdown on the ceremony, it... Several hours. Hold on, I'm spacing the author's name. Anyhow, the author of the De Vermis Mysterious said it wasn't important. You'd use whichever incense that you favored. It just had to be infused with the glen fluid for it to actually work. Right. So if if you bought some incense from Lamar or something, you know, how much ever you bought you bought would determine how much of the glen fluid you'd need yeah, and how long you would want it to burn for, obviously. Okay. You know, so we shouldn't need too much of it. If it's one part of that to 10 parts, the incense and the incense will burn for what, like an hour. How long do those stupid little things last? I think we'd have to uh, figure out how long the ritual is supposed to last. Well, according to Dr. Andrew's translation, it was chanting until enough will had been gathered was the words used by the writer. So it has sort of an open end on it. Okay. Because if you're binding or subjugating a powerful spirit, then it's about overcoming the spirit and not about the duration necessarily. Mm-hmm. So as long as needed. So pow checks probably or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I meant to ask last time was... uh. Because there was something about uh, assigning a watcher. Was mm-hmm. it a capital W or was it just a person who is going to watch out? Just a person, okay. yeah. Or not a watcher, like a spirit. <laughs> yeah, it was the role, uh, though I suppose you didn't read it, it was the role filled by Meriwether mm. when they did their ritual all those years ago. But the translation seems to remark that it's because the whole ceremony draws lesser spirits. Mm. In fact, I can give you a handout because you were able to finish that up before you left Andrews that shows some of the differences between the rituals. These were the notes you made when you were looking through both copies. So you had like the cursed version and then the Widner version. And so you had, so long as the circle be correct and none enter, then the entity shall not harm the being directly. Whereas the Widner version says, so long as the circle be correct and none enter the innermost, then the entity shall not harm the being directly. 
At another point it says, A sacrifice of blood shall be offered beside the circle upon whatever altar is thy desire. And the Widner version says, A sacrifice of human blood shall be offered beside the circle upon whatever altar is thy desire. In the cursed version it says, At matins, which you understand to be midnight, the supplicants shall begin to chant. And then in the Widner version it just says, At the appointed hour the supplicants shall begin to chant. And also in the cursed version, uh, this copy of the text includes a footnote that reads, See wards against lesser spirits. When it what, had, what language is this? I can't read any of this. Mm. It's not in a language you can read? <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> making a statement that it's in cursive. Oh, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want me to put just a regular <laughs> Yeah, text. I need a Google Translate here. Put it in Comic Sans. Mm-hmm. So to your eye, that seems to be a, a comprehensive list of the differences, at least yeah. that you don't write off as to be minor, you know, or typos. Yeah, and I'm going to assume that the cursed version is the true version. Okay, so we're in the library. Whitmire has assured you he can get a body. And so I think we'll pause there for a moment and we'll go over to Mr. Monroe and Detective Glover. Now, you guys had arranged to meet when you had finished up in the library mm -hmm. and then to go on and confront Bertrand Merriweather. And in that time, while you were finishing up your translations, Glover had learned that he had an address here in Boston, a condo. Mm -hmm. So you know where to go. And I don't think you were going on to do anything else. Well, I was but meet each other for uh, to hear back from the sheriff, sheriff Hooper. Yeah. yeah. But you you haven't heard anything back that day. And it's a frustration you run into a lot for trying to get work done on Sundays as if it has to go through official means. A lot of places just aren't open. So by the time that you meet up with Monroe, you haven't heard anything. Not but yet. there you both are together. Was it afternoon? Yeah, I think you arranged for like a 5.30 some uh -huh. odd yeah. time. Yeah. Afternoon, Monroe. Good afternoon. How has your day been? Uh, mostly just... Ah, uh, treading pavement, trying to get everything in line. I found a place uh, where uh, Meriwether's kid works, a condo. So I got an address. Uh, we ranged for it. Ain't heard nothing back from the sheriff, though. Okay. Well, should we go try and say hi and see if we can tease out a little bit of what he's doing and why he's fighting this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're kind of wasting our time, but might as well. Well, at the very least, we can ask him a few questions about the lawsuit that he's bringing. Mm. I said, be careful. He's a lawyer. Mm. Was it disbarred? Was that what he Right, was? yeah, recently. Disbarred recently, but... Uh, what was he disbarred for? Do I know that off the top of my head? You didn't have that information. Hmm. Couldn't get it. Interesting. All right. But just be careful, because he knows the law. Nothing more dangerous than someone who knows the law and is willing to come at you with the full authority of it. So don't step on too many toes, or we might find ourselves in deeper water than we want to get into. Understandable. Yeah, and I'll right. maybe flag a cab or hop on a trolley, whatever's closest. Yeah, we can just use public transportation, trolley or bus or whatever. Okay, like I said... Clever had found that he had an address that was back in Boston, so you head back across the Charles River 
and into a building that's been divided up into units. So when you go into this building, you come down into a lobby in which they have like a desk person, you know, working the desk. And um, usually how it works is the rest of the building is secure. Like you can't just walk up to mm -hmm. the units and start knocking on doors. You have to get like approval to, to come on up the elevator or be let into the stairwell. So if you're doing it above level, then you, you would have to go that way and talk to the, the desk person. Well, might as well try and uh, go through the proper means. Hmm. So yeah, uh, go up and introduce myself and hand him a flyer and <laughs> <laughs> say that uh, we're here to meet Mr. Merriweather and uh, to discuss a legal matter. Okay, so yeah, he... He listens quietly and then he turns around or turn, looks at his desk and picks up a, the receiver to a telephone and he phones up to presumably Merriweather's room and you don't hear what Merriweather says, right? But mm -hmm. you just hear his end and he's like, okay, okay, all right. And uh, he says, go on up. Thank you. Well, Detective, it's starting off better than I had anticipated. I guess we'll see. Uh, based on how he was acting at the uh, the reading... I don't think everything, or I don't think this is going to go well. <laughs> well, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. We might butter you up, try to buy the place. My charm uh, tends <laughs> to disarm most people, so we'll see how things go. That's exactly what I was thinking. Do you prefer the stairs or the elevator? I don't feel the same cursed feeling that no, Andrews no. does. So, um, but, I prefer the elevator. Oh, wait, you yeah, missed elevator. it because he was mumbling about everybody's... Threads. Lost their luster, yeah. but you missed it. You didn't get the listen rule. Yeah. yeah, so you don't feel anything out of the uh, the ordinary. Yeah, I think I prefer the stairs up, or uh, the elevator up and the stairs down. I don't want to show up to uh, try to question someone and, you know. Huffing and puffing. Yeah. Well, they had a young man standing by the elevator, so, you know, he operates it for you, takes you up to the appropriate floor, which ends up being on the eighth floor. Yeah. Give him a quarter. Right. Yeah. And a flyer. <laughs> Where do you keep those? <laughs> Everywhere. Think you'll stop a bullet? <laughs> I probably have enough in my coat jacket that maybe. <laughs> hmm. Might have to talk to, to Sergeant. Uh, oh, damn. What's his name? Uh, Sergeant. Uh, oh, Terry. Terry. Yeah. yeah. Might have to talk to Sergeant Terry, see if we can get our uniforms lined. <laughs> But no, I won't give one to the elevator guy, but I will give one to the uh, desk guy, see if there's a place for postings that they have in the lobby that he could post it. Oh, yeah, they have a, like a community board. Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah, where, yeah. yeah you uh, could put one on there. Well, you talk to him. I'll take a walk around the place, see if I can see anything. All right, I'll trust your eyes to catch anything that mine would uh, otherwise miss. <laughs> I. I'll point to the one I squint through all the time. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. All right. So uh, when you get up to that floor, uh, the each level, each floor is like uh, divided into four units, right? So you go in to the appropriate one. So he was like eight oh two is his unit, and uh, you're standing outside the door there. You can both give me a listen roll. Yeah. Ooh. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll kind of hold up a. A finger, um, and kind of just stop Monroe and start right. listening. So you can hear, and you even recognize the uh, sort of blustering sound of 
Bertrand Merriweather talking in there, but it sounds like he's having a conversation. You don't pick out any of the responses. So just something you hear from within the unit, right? Like it doesn't sound like he's yelling. It just sounds because he, he was kind of just loud in general. So it, it sounds like that. Anything particular that he's saying, or is it just kind it's of kind of wah, 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 right? But you can, you know, it's him because you've heard his voice before, but you're yeah. not able to pick out the like you'll, you'll get a syllable here and there, but not able to make out what exactly is being said. Yeah, should have rolled a critical. Uh, I'll motion to <laughs> Monroe to <laughs> open the door <laughs> or knock. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, having not heard anything myself, I'll kind of shrug and knock on the door. Okay, yeah, so uh. After you hear the footfalls draw closer to the door, and then it opens, and there you see uh, Bertrand Merriweather, which he's in a bathrobe at the moment, okay. and he has like a scotch glass in one hand, and you smell like cigarette smoke from within the apartment, and his face is flushed, and it, it goes a deeper shade of, shade of red on seeing you two, and he's like, mm, if it isn't the psychophants and, and charlatans... Well, I apologize for your feelings that way, but I was hoping to rectify some possible misgivings that you might have for us and find a way to amicably uh, work out this issue with your father's property. Well, unless you're going to return my family's property, I don't see how we're going to work that out. Well, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, he did gift it to us, but if there are things there or anything that uh, is of personal and sentimental value, then uh, we can work together to make sure that you retrieve any anything that's, you know, emotionally attached to uh, out of the property. And But for the most part, I believe we hope to set up this property to f- fulfill your father's legacy. Okay, give me a spot hidden. Hey, I got one. Oh, mm, yeah. <laughs> I'll be kind of behind Monroe, kind of just looking off around like the halls or right, whatnot, yeah. smoking my cigar. So, Monroe, you see that like he's at the end of a long hall that comes to the door into his condo, and it looks like it opens into a living room or a sitting area where he has a collection of wingback chairs. And you, the one with its back to you, so you can't see who's sitting in it, does appear to be occupied. You see like a, a limp hand hung on the arm rests with a cigarette, you know, the smoke kind of okay, coming it- off of it. Appear to be male, female. Appears uh, to be male, you think. Right? Okay. Can I tell any kind of um, distinguishing features? Like, are they wearing like a suit or is it more casual atmosphere? It looks like a suit. It's hard for you to pick out more than that, though, with just a regular success. But uh, Bertrand's like, fine, come in. I'll, I guess I can hear what you have to say. I don't have anything to do for the rest of the day. Might as well be entertained. All right. Thank you for entertaining us. Uh, I know that this was short notice and we appreciate your, your candor and your uh, leniency in, in uh, dealing with us at this late hour. Can I get you something to drink? A smoke? Quite all right for right now, but perhaps in a little while, depending on how this conversation goes. I would you know, prefer to, to speak clearly and plainly if, without any interruptions. So he starts leading you into that sitting room like you come down this hallway and he's... He say he says, you know, I've been hearing just how reprehensible you are, Mr. Monroe, but from my friend here, and he gestures at the wingback chair, and from that chair stands a figure who you don't recognize at first except by his white linen suit. 
white linen suit. But the person wearing that suit looks not like a person at all, but he's gaunt, almost corpse. He looks like he's just gotten out of the sick room. Corbett. But all the veins on his skin have black lines running through them, almost like blood poisoning, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, Mr. Monroe, I didn't expect to see you here. It's Augustus Larkin. Mm. Augustus Larkin. Mm. Father works in mysterious ways. I guess I'll take it. And let's have uh, spot hidden or psychology from both of you, whichever you're better at. Mm. I'm technically better at spotting the hidden. Oh, yeah, me as well. Nice. nice. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. So he had that cigarette in his right hand sort of limply held there, and you can see all the veins that run along the wrist before the suit cuts off. Uh, Vision are all black. And, uh, like, he looks beyond terrible, worse than when you saw him, you know, earlier this year. Uh, He doesn't even look like he could be living. But very quickly, with his left hand, he just dips his hand into his jacket and produces a small revolver, (laughs) and he has it on you. I'll be needing the golden mask now. So, unfortunately, I don't have it. I... But I'm almost certain you know who does. Now, I'm trying to remember, do I know that Whitmire has it? That's a good question. Does he know Whitmire? Because I thought that like it disappeared in transit as far as the rest of us. That might have been what he yeah. said. That's why I'm It kidding. did for Stanton. Because <laughs> yeah. Stanton was trying to take it. Yeah. Um, yeah, nobody should know that I have that. Okay. But yeah, I'll I'll say that to him and say that I truly wish I knew where it was myself. I had planned on, you know, investigating it a little bit more, but it disappeared on transit back to the United States. All right. Psychology roll again. I'll give you a bonus die though, Detective Glover. All right. Um I will use the four points of luck to Was it number of dice is what do I number do I you put? You put in two. Okay. So it's the uh it's the total amount of dice you're going to be rolling, basically. Nice. Oh. And you use the luck? Yeah. And I don't get a check on ones I use luck on, right? No. Okay. It does, um, as you're saying that, and you're looking, you see something rising in his eyes resolve, basically. You recognize it very well, Detective Glover. It's somebody resolving to pull the, sh- the trigger, basically, right? But this dries up what you're saying, and it gives you an opportunity to think of a better tactic. Because just outright denial is about to get you shot. I will <laughs> try and use father's power. Father's suggestion, or what was it? Uh, the Yeah. Father's imposed suggestion on him. That's fine. You know, it takes a couple of rounds. Does he get a psychology check on me? <laughs> yeah, if you, wanna, uh, if you want to uh, try something. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I'd do. I think... Man, there's a part of me that wants to kind of push Monroe if that guy's about to shoot, maybe get it Monroe safe. But I'm definitely thinking about drawing and shooting him. Yeah, well, once Monroe kind of trailed off at some point, and maybe you were like, okay, He's trying to get down. by yourself some time, you see things relax for a minute, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, but what did you want to do, Glover? Just watch for now, or... Yeah, I'm going to try to get a good angle on him. So I'm going to step away from Monroe, who's the focal point of his <laughs> ire. 
and get ready to draw down and shoot him if it looks like he's going to go for it. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Shooting me isn't going to get you any closer to the mask. And you'll kind of begin your your uh, spell? Yeah. Start turning on that Monroe charm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of speaking. and you know, I, I don't know exactly how it works, but yeah, I'll be trying to look him deeper and deeper into the eyes as, right. as I'm talking. Like, you and I both know that, you know, Father can be a very imposing master, but this is not the way for you to... to obtain what you're looking for so bertrand he's like what what is going on here i won't have anybody killed in my apartment mr larkin that's you just said you wanted to know some information and you had some interesting things to tell me about them uh put your gun away sir and uh larkin's just just like shut up you twit Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) all right Okay, so you start, as we've described in the past, you start uh, sort of sending out this dark tendril, which is really just metaphorical, but you just do feel like a connection is formed, and it doesn't leave you with a good feeling. That's why dark is a good descriptor, because you kind of get in there and you start, you know, massaging your way into the psyche of this person. But give me a power roll. All right, here we go. Any bonuses? No. (laughs) No. Okay, good. Hard success. Barely hard success, but a hard success. Okay, so you... So normally there's some resistance, and there's this massaging down of, of the resistance to your efforts, but there's doesn't seem to be as much with Larkin. In fact, it seems like you're almost being funneled in a certain direction in mm. your attempts. Mm. Like you're almost being coaxed into it. Okay. Is this the kind of thing we that, could that say should concern me? It's unusual. You've really, you've had people, which there's always resistance, some less, some more, but always there. You had the Kari Siri, which seemed to immediately obey Father. Yeah. And you could do it almost instantaneously. So this is a totally new thing. Okay. Oh, crap. <laughs> Can I make a, like an intelligence roll or an occult roll to kind of... He's a honeypot. <laughs> yeah. See if, if this is just drawing me in for uh, to recapture my mind or something along those lines. That's what it feels like. It gives you an itch between your psych- psychological shoulder blades. All right. Yeah, that all kind of pull back on it. Clever boy, Monroe. Now, you know where the mask is. You know someone who knows where it is. A name? I honestly don't know where it is, but we can talk about it. I can talk you through who was transporting the goods. I can talk you through all the locations it's gone through, and perhaps you can track it down. I can give you the information that I have, but I am honest when I say I don't know where it is. All right, so from your perspective, Glover, as you're watching this, you see the tonal shift in Monroe's voice seems to be the correct move from this Larkin's perspective, he doesn't seem on the verge of capping him. So he at least has his attention by what Monroe's saying from your observation there in the back as you're looking. And you're kind of seeing uh, Merriweather who kind of went up against the wall and he like just put his hands up instinctively. He's kind of like sidling mm. <laughs> a little bit. He was like in Larkin's periphery, peripheral 
but he's kind of like sidling, like trying to get out of there. Hmm. Observe for now, or you know, in a situation where somebody has a gun on you, very difficult mm-hmm. to get out of that. Mechanically, when you have a gun ready, you have like a bonus for deciding to fire that gun. So basically, you have to be able to defeat that heightened state if you mm-hmm. wanted to do like a draw and fire on somebody. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. Trying to diffuse it a little bit more. Also, right. if you'd like, we can sit down and I can begin going over everything that had happened since we left the. The pyramids in Peru. You sit down, Mr. Monroe. I know I can't trust anything that you've said to me. You left me to die. And all I wanted was to get rid of this blasted curse. I, you know, I am afraid that we had to leave you behind, but uh, matters being what they were, uh, we had to protect ourselves. I'm sure that you can understand that. There were matters having to deal with the mass that uh, drove us deeper into peru well have a seat and you too stranger sorry to meet under such strange circumstances and don't move anymore meriwether you have a seat as well everybody just sit down and we'll find out where the mask is together i kind of want to just even the playing field (laughs) (laughs) do mexican standoff type thing just draw and yeah but um kind of Slightly flippantly, I'll say, uh, Mr. Merriweather, I think I'll take that drink now. <laughs> <laughs> That'll have to wait, Merriweather. Right. So, yeah, right. he's like kind of keeping his gun on you, trying to move you guys around to the, the room or, or I suppose let you pass. He takes a step back into the sitting room to let you sort of funnel across to have a seat, right? He does seem to keep it mostly trained on Monroe at this point. Yeah, that's why I haven't drawn my gun yet. Is a yeah. like I think I'll get the shot off. I don't work. I don't got a problem there. It's that he'll probably kill Monroe if I do. Um, so do I recognize that he's kind of keyed up and might do something? Yeah. Um, kind of do like a psychology checker or spot or something. Oh, you like mean that. Glover? Yeah, Glover. He's pretty good at playing it cool. Okay. So um, yeah, you, if you wanted to see that layer, I think you'd have to pass the psychology. All right. Uh, yeah. Unless you're going to try to do some sort of innuendo or nah. to communicate something, right? But like, I, I know that he's a police officer, but I also know that Larkin's, ooh. So I suppose from everything that has happened thus far, I would say that you're definitely seeing Glover look for any angle. Okay. Right. Um, but he doesn't seem like he's on the verge of anything. Is that fair to say, Glover? Yeah. Yeah. So... Kind of seeing that, I'll try and possibly present an opportunity for him by, you know, going to like the far chair or something like that, so that perhaps you know, um, Larkin has to turn his back to them a little bit. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can I pick up on that. Like I'll. I was already kind of trying to keep myself kind of apart from Monroe. Anyway, so. But yeah. As as. I'm going there. I'll I'll be saying, just let Mr. Glover go. I won't say detective. I'll say Mr. <laughs> right. Specifically. He has nothing to do with this. He doesn't understand anything that you're talking about. So please just let him go. And I'll, I'll be You'll talking. trying to move hunting. Yeah, I'll be trying to keep his focus directly on me as I'm, I'm moving to the side. Oh, I hope we can all walk out of here standing, Mr. Monroe. But that chair will do fine right there, the one you're by. Right. Um, <laughs> okay, so that 
that doesn't happen. But you could try yeah. if you can think of a like a skill you could put in there to. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, do a like some sort of bumbling charm, or something like that. That would that they could buy charm Acting. persuasion fast talk with those. Whitmire's coming in with an idea, golden idea. Yeah. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Whitmire. Okay, that is, that is uh, like, can I use the bathroom? <laughs> no. Um, if there's a, well, how are the chair, like, yeah, how is uh, the room? So there were only three chairs. Okay. And they were all kind of situated around a, a center table for putting, you know, like, drinks on and whatnot. And then there's a fireplace at the, uh, the end of one of the chairs. So you had one chair facing back down the hallway yeah. and the other two are kind of kind of off to the side off to the side so they would whoever was sitting in those two would uh would be to the side on each side of the fireplace okay um so like he, he kind of moved in and he told you to just sit right there in that closest chair basically okay so your back would be to the hallway and detective glover is there a, a fire in the fireplace uh yeah Okay. Or no, it's it's like August. There isn't okay. one currently. Yeah. Um, Let's say no. So yeah, racking my brain for anything. Um, well, are there any mirrors in the room? Sure. Yeah. Is one of them like facing one of the chairs? Because like the idea I'm thinking of is um, bringing up the fact that Father does appear in reflective surfaces, and me kind of using that as an excuse to say I don't want that to my back. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, there's probably a mirror. And, like, toss out a charm or something like that for it, or? Uh, sure. Yeah, charm would. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, yeah. Like, like I said before, when Lance's <laughs> life is on the line, he suddenly <laughs> succeeds at stuff he would have otherwise failed. But Okay, so, yeah, you move him, or, yeah, so you he's like, find the other chair, if you must. You always were. Such a primping fool, weren't you? But uh, yeah, so you, you're able to move over to the other chair, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which kind of gives a slight opportunity if you're willing to take it, Glover. It won't be as difficult uh, dex check if you want to get your gun out and on him uh, before he's able to fire a shot. Okay, so you've gotten Larkin to allow you to move to a chair that's further in the apartment. And that for a moment, causes his the gun barrel to be pointed the furthest it's been from you so far, Detective Glo uh, Glover. So you do see an opportunity. However, it is risky to get your gun out and on him if you want to go that route. But it is also, we're kind of going in turn order, so if you want to interject at this stage in any way, now would be the time to do it. Or you can continue to observe. Man. Oh. <laughs> Part of me is kind of curious because Homicide Detective Bro did tell me that they seem to be getting up to some real shady stuff. And so this is kind of a glimpse into it. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, whatever they do, people want to kill them over it. <laughs> You're starting to understand that about Monroe, though. I already understood that. It doesn't take long <laughs> Day <with> Monroe. One. <laughs> Day one. <laughs> Man. Um Let's go for it. Uh, I'll say uh, I'm not trying to like draw and ready. Right. I'm just going to try to just kind of pull it out, casually have it aimed. Okay. His direction during the time. So. Um, yeah. So that just comes into. Alternatively, you could use stealth. 
if that's a little better than Dex. It is. Given the way you described it, it's more of a nonchalant movement that he might not catch. I mean, you're not quite only in his peripheral, but... All right, here we go. Stealth. Okay. Okay, yeah. Nice. (laughs) So um, I'll... uh, What is it? Like... uh, was it? I, I he was introduced as Mr. Larkin by Merriweather, I believe. Uh, yes. Right, my friend, yeah. Mr. Larkin. Okay. Yeah. So, um, all things being fair, Mr. Larkin, I think I'll just hold you at gunpoint till this conversation's over, <laughs> and I'll cock the hammer. <laughs> so yeah, you you kind of see a defeated look flash over his face for a moment, but then his features grow stern and imperious but most unsettling is his eyes flash from their normal hazel green to completely black is there anything <laughs> that i would uh, would immediately jump into mind like you know the kid's uh, smacked out of his gourd <laughs> it's obvious drug addict <laughs> well yeah i mean that when these guys were first interacting with larkin that was the conclusion they came to and seeing you know the way his veins look you would maybe think the same thing, except he doesn't look... You know, I should actually say he smells pretty awful, too, like tainted meat, yeah. like a rotting corpse. He looks like a corpse. But yeah, then his features, such as they are, become imperious and stern, and uh, the eyes just turn to a solid liquid black, which is actually worth a sanity roll All right. from both of you. It's not a, a big hit if you fail, but... Yeah, I think my cigar will kind of almost start <laughs> to slip out of my mouth. <laughs> and I'll say something along the lines of like, you should get that looked at. <laughs> but the gun I'll keep leveled if abled. I think so I'm, you both made it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm working on like cop training brain like right, right now. So it's not quite. <laughs> well, you don't know what it is, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, yeah, you both lose zero sanity for uh, succeeding on that low that role. It is unsettling nonetheless but you keep your composure, which will bring us to Monroe. So you definitely have your gun leveled on him, and he hasn't swung it in any way or started to fire anything, but he just looks at you with that angry, imperious look, black eyes. But Monroe, what do you want to do at this stage or anything? For some reason, I picture him immediately gloating. (laughs) (laughs) See, there is crazy stuff. No, not that. The the fact that he now is either on equal footing or potentially has the upper hand. (laughs) No, no. Actually, he's he's trying to like going to continue trying to downplay things and you know say Larkin, this curse of yours. You know, if there's any people that can help, it's the people that you are now seeking. Uh, Bertrand's father uh, had a lot of information about various curses, various things, various supernatural occurrences, and he had a wealth of information at his fingertips. If you want to be free of this curse, then help us rather than try and get back to exactly what you had been seeking before. So Don't lo- end up like Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> or what was his name? Was it Mendoza? Uh, the guy that we yeah. chopped up into yeah. pieces and dumped in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm trying not to do. That's why I had my gun on you guys. I know how you work, Monroe. <laughs> you just put turn people into mincemeat. Okay. Um, oh, man, just after I told a cop that there's no way you guys are, <laughs> are murderers. <laughs> I had nothing to do with the murder. I was actually advocating for keeping him alive. Uh, yeah, who was it? It was uh, Sacido and... What, right, Nicholas uh, Sosito and um, 
Staten. Yeah. Yeah, those two were like, nope, we're killing him. Mm. <laughs> All right. So you expect Larkin's voice that uh, it's actually Kenyan uh, from the Kenyan colonies there. He's British, but that has that slight affectation to it. He, uh, You expect that in his response, but no, it is the voice of father mm-hmm. from when you met him in the tenebrous place. And he is just, he just says silence worm. <laughs> you are all worms. And uh, let's see here. We got to see how it's going to play out. So what's your decks if you're going to fire? You get, oh, I guess I can figure it out. Jack Glover. 40. <laughs> is going to fire. Well, I had it all figured out. Doesn't so what would anymore. it be? Is it constitution plus 50? Or it's just your plus dex 50. plus 50. So yes, 90. Huh? Yeah. 91. Or yeah, 90. Uh, okay. So you're pretty sure he is going to do something. <laughs> but... Uh, in the case of what he's going to do, it also works like a firearm, and he comes in at a little higher than mm. than you. But you can, when it is your turn, still react to it. But uh, if sanity holds, yeah, basically he's putting the mojo on you, Monroe. Um, you just suffer a terrible mental assault, causing the immediate loss of five points of sanity. No sanity roll or no. Uh, sanity roll, it's just automatic, and you immediately go into your temporary insanity. Uh, from your perspective, though, you lose the sensation of being in that room, you know, the sights, the smells, except the tainted meat remains, and you're in a dark place all of a sudden, and it's squishy. It feels squishy and warm wherever you're at, but we'll leave you there for a moment, <laughs> and we'll go to Glover. So, yeah, he uh, speaks in some language you don't understand after he says, silence worms, you're all worms, right? He starts intoning something. And there's nothing really visible that uh, you can see, although when you look at Monroe, his his eyes are kind of, mm-hmm. they're all dazed looking, right? So something has occurred. You're not sure what could it is the, your turn to, to do something. If could you want the to. intonation be threatening? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Sound, every... Everything he said sounded threatening. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll figure. Worst comes to worst, we'll just fire a round off from his gun after. <laughs> uh, so I will. What is it? Penalty die for shooting multiple rounds. Yes, but bonus die given that it's such close corners. So uh, negation. Yeah. All right. So let's put two rounds into him. Okay. Or try to. Okay. Oh, it's like sorry, wrong thing. Right. The uh, damage. Well, you can keep the roll. But... Okay. You can you can roll that other one for damage. Is it just the whole thing? So there's one. And do I need to roll again for the second round or? Yeah, go ahead because we need two it? damages. Yeah. Where's the damage? Yeah, it's two. <laughs> okay. All right. And so second round. Ooh. Uh, well, you can use luck if you wish. That would be what thirteen points. 57. Yeah. Almost back down to where I started. So, so for a total of 8 damage? Yeah. I don't like the full roller. I think I'm just going to stick with skill. And then... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you hit him twice, you know, center mass. Uh, they penetrate his flesh and he falls, collapses on the ground. Let me give him a constitution roll here. Mm-hmm. But he stays conscious. But when he falls to the ground and you're looking to see that you 
killed him or put him down for good. You can see that blackness has left his eyes and now what you had seen first, those hazel green eyes that Larkin had are there. And he's sort of dazed looking, looking around the room and, you know, kind of the gun fell from his hands when he fell. Yeah. And he's putting his hands over his body and he's like, uh-uh. Can I go uh-uh. kick the gun further away and keep him at gunpoint? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So while he's doing that, okay, I'll. Right. Yeah, so you got your gun on, you're standing over him with your gun on him, and he, he's looking at you, but he kind of doesn't really see you too well, right? Like he's searching, trying to lock onto something, but eventually he does fix his gaze on there, and you see sort of a strange, almost like relief on yeah. his features now, and he's like, Father, he's gone, he's finally gone, and, uh, you know, some more groaning, and uh, and then he's he says, tell, uh, tell Monroe... The stars are almost right. Oh, no. <laughs> First is the prophet, then the crawling chaos. And then he, his eyes sort of flutter and roll back, and then you, you get agonal breathing from that point. So just... Yeah, I'll uh, be yelling at... Uh... And then uh, Meriwether's just like... <laughs> he's kind of like... Yeah, I'll yell at Meriwether, you know, like... Uh, oh, man, I figure this place has a phone, probably. Or at the very least, a way to get down a uh, quick Yeah, he had a phone up here to that he responded to when... Right. Uh, Merriweather, uh, get on the horn and uh, call... Uh, what do we have at this... What would I tell someone to call to get medical or police here? Yeah, I think you, you would dial the operator and have him send some police or whatever okay. you want, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. Merriweather, get on the horn, have, uh, have the operator get police down here. Police and medical. Yeah, he's like, uh, uh, right, right. Uh, but he stops by that table to fill up his scotch glass again before he goes over to the, and he, and he takes a big swig of it and he's busy doing that. And, uh, Larkin is busy dying, but Monroe, so you're in the, the tenebrous place where okay. it just feels squishy. What do you want to do? Smells like tainted meat. So this immediately reminds me of, uh, being in the, Dungeon of Peru, right? Or the yes. Okay. So yeah, first thing he'll try and take his bearings, um, kind of reach out physically, see if uh, like tentatively, you know, that kind of like slowly reaching out, see if there's anything in any direction, and see if he comes in physical contact with anything. Uh, yeah, you start <clears throat> to feel like your hands fall into squishy, soapy feeling substances. It's very slippery. Uh, but they do fall on something firm, a uh, shape you're not sure what. You think after a little bit of groping, you think it's somebody's leg. Okay. So does it feel like a live leg? Like, um, yeah, pli- like there's warmth. Like pliable and warmth. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll say hello. Yeah, just try and... Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a moment, you're deafened by... The too close roar of father, very nearby, you think. But there's a kind of a light, uh, a sickly greenish light uh, that your eyes are becoming accustomed to, and it's not all dim now. And you're starting to make out the shape of a person sort of covered in this fat-like substance. And as you're groping up to him, you can kind of make out their features, and you realize that it's Charles Stanton. Okay. And he's he, he's... His eyes are open and they kind of roll towards you. And he's like, Monroe, we never made it out. Mm. 
We never made it out, Monroe. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, uh, but we'll pause you there for a sec. Now, you've had this ability to control the minds of people, and you didn't understand it fully. It was imparted to you by Father. You learned a rudimentary way of, of replicating it once his blessing had left you. But the way that it works, this coaxing of another person's mind, is that you actually understand that their psyche so well that it imprints a version of it into your own mind. That's how you're able to coax them so well. So the Monroe back in Meriwether's apartment, from your perspective, Glover, the eyes now become focused. Okay. And the way we're going to play his bout of insanity is that these psyches that he's messed with, these impressions come to the fore and will battle for control over Mm. the meat Monroe. So there are a few that we're going to use, and if you guys are willing, uh, you can fill the shoes of these psyches that are going to come to the fore. So we actually have fathers and impressions, so (laughs) what you guys know to be a trans-dimensional being of great power. We have the psyche of a Spanish conquistador from the 1500s, and we have the psyche of James Whitmire. (laughs) (laughs) So we know that Whitmire can play Whitmire, but uh, what do you favor, Brennan? Which... Yeah, I'll be a conquistador. (laughs) (laughs) And so you're going to be the uh, interdimensional being. You knew you began life as a man, Mm. but you found great powers... And you rose in stature and fame until you became the pharaoh of all Egypt, some called the Black Pharaoh. And so, yeah, you'll just kind of have to play with it a little bit. (laughs) All right, we'll see what I come up with. (laughs) But we're going to see who has control of Monroe first, and you guys can play them however you want to. Because it's Monroe's perception to a point of... Yeah, like in Monroe, you can even roll to gain control of it. So everybody do a power roll. Let me give you, in your particular case, uh, who's playing the Dark Pharaoh, your power is 500, so. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but it'll it'll even out. He'll probably just get the first crack at it. But yeah, so you're rolling against 500. Uh, Whitmire, you use your own power. Let me... And then the Conquistador has a power of 60. Yeah, that's what I have. Okay, so you just roll from your character. Would it be 1d500 or 5d100? Well, you just roll the d100, right? D100 versus 5. Yeah, and and pretty much you're always getting an extreme success, I believe, right? One fifth. (laughs) 1d. I was extremely successful. 100. Do I get a bonus or penalty? You just get your normal power. Okay. Yeah, just regular success there. So I got a 10. (laughs) So that's a critical success for him, isn't it? (laughs) No. Critical is always just one. I know in RuneQuest it widens out a little bit, Mm -hmm. but because he can still fail this roll. Yeah, it would be an extreme. Yeah, so he got an extreme success. But so did Whitmire, of course. But Mm -hmm. uh, the skill of 500 beats an 85. So we'll start (laughs) with the the Black Pharaoh. Mm. So... You're sitting in a chair. You see a man holding a gun on somebody who's dying. You see another man taking a big drink from some amber liquid, right? He's gulping it down, and now he's moving over to a phone. 
And your very last memory was being enshrined by your enemies, mm. like being entombed. And they had put spells on you to hold you for thousands of years, you know. Somehow your enemies had got the better of you. So from that moment, being entombed, to now being in a room where everything looks strange, what does basically a god do, or at least a demigod? <laughs> does he have powers, or is it just the psyche? Well, you do. Or the, uh, yeah, you know, like... Yeah, you have uh, Monroe's power. In oh, okay. fact, you have a deeper understanding of it, and where you can do it to multiple people at once. I find this in entertainment lacking. You two, tear each other apart. <laughs> this is to Merriweather and uh, Glover. Glover. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, you can go ahead and make a power roll again. All right. <laughs> and make one for Glover as well. All right. Seventy. Uh, Glover power is low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah I, I I think he views this as like exercising a muscle that has begun to right. atrophy. Yeah. It's just the simplest little push, and he he ex I think he's feeling that this should completely like or maybe back in when he was in his prime, this would have completely obliterated their mind. Right. Yeah. You know, type of thing. But now he's just seeing if he can get him to do what he wants immediately without question. Yeah, you do have that sense of waking up. You know, there are more powers that you had access to, basically unlimited power, or at least the people of the day were fooled into believing. But that one was there at the ready and you use it. And uh, to your great satisfaction, uh, you immediately affect them, you know, in that way that I've described to Monroe, where you just basically touch their brain with some dark tendril of your own psyche and they look at each other with murder in their eyes and yeah. then advanced on one another. I, th I think he's disappointed because of what I said. This should have completely just right. blasted yeah. them away like their mind. But it, now he's sh almost strained to even get them to do this type of thing. Right. Yeah. So what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to go from there? They start fighting each other. Okay. I think that... In the final analysis, so we don't have to roll it out, uh, Glover's got the best of Merriweather. You just have yeah. the size on him. So. Can, and he has a gun in his hand. He'll attempt to keep Larkin bound in some fashion. That would be okay. his next thing. He needs right. servants. This one is dead, but it's not done. Okay, so give me... Uh, what's the EDU for Glover? So you can use your character sheet. Education? Yeah. Uh, 85. Yeah, go ahead and roll that. So you do recall something about how to keep things in stasis or keep the flow of time from affecting them, you know, some eldritch means. And uh, just with that recollection, like I said, it's like waking up, uh, you're trying to grasp it, memories you haven't thought about in a long time, but you think you got it right. And so you stop him from, uh, he's like frozen there in one agonal breath and the blood just... Is he still kind of conscious? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, you're not going anywhere yet. Okay. <laughs> and I'll freeze him. And I want, I hope he remains conscious of his stasis. It, it's like some sort of hell prison where he's yeah. just entombed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his his physical body is somewhat detached as he's going through death throes, but the psyche still remains in you. You get a sense of terrible dread as it recoils from... I hope his death throes 
the pain from it right. is it's a all constant sh- now. Yeah, it's stretched out. Yeah, yeah. And he had already been in a state of um, long death because unlike human corruption, which ultimately destroys the thing that is built, perfect correct corruption continues to die forever. Right, which was something Larkin was already experiencing. But uh, yeah, so um, you set that into effect while these two men are locked in mortal combat before you, you know. Um, but we'll go ahead and have Whitmire pop in to the, the consciousness now. <laughs> All right, Whitmire, so you, so you had been talking to Monroe in the Hotel Espana in Lima, Peru. You'd been having a conversation. You had a slight disagreement about something. You were keeping things close to your chest, just like you do. And somehow that slimy devil gets you to start talking. But (laughs) in the blink of an eye, you're not in the hotel room anymore, although you're in a room that looks like it could be in a nice hotel. But yeah, uh, you're standing before a man on the ground. While two men are locked in combat Larkin. with each other. Larkin. Yeah, you would recognize Larkin. You see Larkin, the man who had hired you. At this stage, you haven't quite really fully come into being suspicious of him. But there was something a little off just at that first meeting you guys had with him. But now he's lying on the ground, apparently shot in the chest. And two men are, are locked in combat. Uh Meriwether's attempted to smash his scotch glass across uh, some other person you don't know. I guess you don't know mm. either man. Does Meriwether's son resemble him enough? Yeah. So yeah. it's like a de-aged Meriwether. There is something familiar about the younger man who's attempting to brain uh, the older man with a scotch glass. But that's where you are. What are you going to do, Whitmire? Well, I'd, I would, I guess I would just... Uh, Kind of observe the situation and see how it unfolds. And <laughs> as long as there's nothing directly affecting me, <laughs> slink uh, up against the wall and start shivering. I, yeah, I mean, looks like uh, looks like someone's got a, a copper on the ropes, though. <laughs> any? Uh, oh yeah, that's right. He would smell that I'm a cop a mile away. Uh, any valuables that immediately catch Whitmire's eye? There's lots of swanky stuff in the apartment. In fact, give me a luck roll. My luck is down right now. (laughs) Well, I guess not. (laughs) Down, but not out. So in this case, it's good. You actually avoid catching your reflection at this point Mm. and seeing uh, Monroe rather than yourself. And it hasn't dawned on (laughs) you. Oh, wait. Do I I have... I guess, what what are my memories like here? Do I know everything that happened in Peru or am Mm -hmm. I still... You're this up, is like okay. you just got hired. Yeah. You guys did a little bit no, of research. Right. Yeah. Uh, was it? This would be to the point where Monroe uh, ensorcelled him. Yeah. Right? right. So that's yeah. where your memories would kind of end. You'd gotten like the golden mask from uh, the university and you'd done a little research and you hadn't quite had the meeting with uh, Saucedo where you guys were going to split off from Larkin because you didn't think he was up to anything. You hadn't really heard fully that. You're kind of in the process of it, but uh, Monroe was <laughs> needed something from you. So, uh, yeah, that's that's okay. what you have. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, uh, I know I'm not uh, willing to get myself involved in this just yet. Okay, so, yeah. Watch you, and see what happens. You thought that the younger man had 
the copper's number, but the copper is crafty and he hits him with a liver punch that devils Merriweather over and then he bowls him over and and straddles the younger man and starts choking him. Oh, I like that. I was gonna hands. say that the gun is kind of forgotten as a yeah, gun, yeah. but he starts just clubbing him. Yeah, that yeah. would be like pistol whipping him. Yeah. So he just starts, you know, whacking him in the head, and you know he's only gonna get a few of those before Merriweather's as good as dead. So is what what is around me? Do I have do I have my handgun on me? Well you can check. Oh man, yeah, when did check. he get that handgun? Yeah, so you start going through your jacket and you pull out a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll, I'll like, kind of puzzled expression and look at it, and and then curse uh, curse Monroe for handing these things out. Wait, and uh, I'll his clothing look right. around the garish clothing you're wearing is not something you would normally wear because people could spot you from a mile away wearing something like that. So yeah, you have this yeah. this brightly colored suit on. Yeesh, what it. Uh, I don't even know. Like I, I usually, I know I I don't drink, so it can't be that <laughs> someone must have drugged me. <laughs> what did Monroe do? <laughs> yeah, was, uh, oh. well, I mean, I I guess I'll. Uh, Is this an entrapment? Did Monroe put try to put the blame on <laughs> Whitmire for the, what's going down here? Yeah, probably he did. <laughs> So what are you doing with my Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I'll I'll try to assist uh Larkin. See if he's still alive at least. Okay. Alright, so uh yeah, you have uh you can go to pick him up. He when you interact with him though, there's something like really odd about him, like his like it seems like physics are kind of broken around him. Like when you do stuff, his clothes just stay in the very same state that they're in. Like when you move him, you, ex- you would expect uh, the suit jacket, the linen suit jacket he's wearing to like fall open, but it just stays the same way. But you are able to pick him up or something if that's what you're wanting to do. Well, yeah, I was, I was planning on like, uh, you know, kind of turn him in and uh, give him a look over. But, uh, I mean, if, if I'm noticing that, um, I mean, I guess what would it be to try and recognize that that I'm not myself? Uh, well, at this stage, we can say while you know you you've knelt down uh, to look at Larkin, you catch your reflection in the mirror, and oh, you see no. the visage of Mister Monroe <laughs> looking back at you. And speaking of Mr. Monroe... Scream in horror. (laughs) (laughs) This is the very worst thing. (laughs) And I'm not going to do any sanity while you're in this state, because this isn't the Whitmire that is the actual Whitmire, but you can play it however you want, like whichever way it changes you. But let's pause uh, there for a moment and go to Monroe in the the squishy place Mm. that smells of tainted meat, where you've just seen the dim view of Stanton's face who tells you we've never left. We never left, Mr. Monroe. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, obviously he'll he'll try and reconcile that inside his own mind. Like is everything that he had he'd experienced since then uh all just you know in his head did, did father do something to him when uh we were having our combat, you know, our psychological combat at the end of things or well, you, uh, so yeah, he's, he's going to be getting his bearings and as he kind of tries to absorb 
where he is and what's going on. And Well, all those moments since then where you almost were sure you could hear Father crying at a great distance kind of come together, uh, you know, one after the other in your mind. And, and you're like, was that the real pushing into this fantasy I've been living? You know, I was, yeah. I was hearing it. Uh, you also had an uneasy feeling the day in this perhaps false memory where you left the pyramid that given what you were up against, how was it that you just walked out of there unscathed? Yeah. You know, was it just... Yeah. Other than two broken legs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a bro- broken legs were far less than you, you maybe best of all understood could have happened to you, given what you were up against. You know, was it all just placed there for your benefit while you were down here with Father for months being whatever it is that he needs you to be along with Stanton. And, and as your eyes are adjusting, you see other shapes, uh, the, the glassy eyed stairs of, of Dr. Andrews and, um, who else we got? Mr. Whitmire and, and even other shapes still that are caught up in this fat like substance. And again, father roars. What would you like to do? Um, I'll kind of go staggering past all these bodies as I look for any way out. Um, if it seems like it, like we were actually in the pyramid, I'll be trying to remember my way out from that journey. Yeah. And well, all, all the while, like trying to run in my head, like, so what have I been doing if that, you know, trying to reconcile, like, what have I been doing all this time? What, what have I done? Um, can this be real? Like, yeah, just going over and over things. Um, Yeah. Just yeah. stumbling and, and trying to <laughs> like crawl, like trying to stay as much out of that goop as possible right. as well. Like trying to like, even if it requires like stepping on bodies and trying to like crawl my way out, just frantic. Well, when you cast around the room, you, you do see a crack of, of light, like more wholesome light, not this sickly green dusk that everything is bathed in, but there's just at some distant wall, a crack of torchlight, uh, the warmth of fire, uh, uh, like a very, you know, slender ray of it coming through. But in order to get there, of course, you will be wading through this fat. And in fact, yeah. in fact, as you're trying not to get into it, the Kari Siri larva, you know, like there's one on your hand, but it doesn't seem to be trying to enter you or anything like that. In fact, it's sort of nuzzling you lovingly. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'll be... Like crawling over corpses, trying to right, just trying to get to it while staying out of this muck as as much as possible, and you know, just yeah, like yeah. stepping on one corpse and then like trying to jump to another, and then like scrambling out of the out of the muck and getting up on top of a corpse, and yeah, and yeah, just over and over as I work my way towards that light, just right in kind of a frantic panic. Yeah, so you, uh, if you remember, this was the crack in the inner chamber that um, Father was bound in, mm-hmm. through which the fat was leaking out and the larvae were escaping. Yeah. So it's uh, the masonry there. Uh, you think with the proper application of force, you could maybe bust through it. But it would free Father, wouldn't it? <laughs> More than he already is, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's not what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm... Monroe's in kind of a blind panic and so yeah he's just gonna yeah just you know it regardless of 
the damage he does to himself. He's going to like grabbing and scrambling and fighting and, and just pounding on the walls trying to get through. Right. So give me a strength roll. Oh, no. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you can. Well, you're weak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a city boy. He's not. Uh, he's. You got to push it. Or is, can you luck attributes? Yeah. Um, not this time, but <laughs> yeah. So if you wanted to push, the route would be that you're just not protecting yourself from injury in your attempt to get out, and so uh, an additional failure, you know, might break a finger or something like that. That seems like something he'd be willing to do in this kind of a panic. So, oh, holy nice. cow! I always did not push. expect to make that. <laughs> always push. So with abandon, you pummel at this crack in the masonry and you dislodge one brick and then another. And then this fat just starts, you know, gooping out and the larvae are like big clumps are, are going over this opening. But you wriggle your way through like slopped in this fat and you splash down into the, the pool that was just below it. Okay. Uh, free from the inner chamber for now. Conquistador. <laughs> okay. You're looking at the image of a man that you were supposed to go to to free father. This Monroe character you think he is, right? Mm. So for the last 500 years or so, you have been infected with Akari Siri larva working at the behest of father. And a man came that father warned you of that you were supposed to obey this Larkin character. And you were following father's will mm -hmm. to the best of your ability. But these men's turned out to be craftier than you expected. You had kind of a low opinion of modern types. You were rather imperious because they all seemed weaklings mm -hmm. and cowards and yeah. whatnot. So yeah, you're looking at the visage in a mirror of Monroe. Uh, when you glance down, you see Larkin, the master to whom you were supposed to serve at father's behest, who seems to be wounded, you know, shot in the chest. I think even you would recognize that. Mm -hmm. as a conquistador but uh yeah so there you are you speak broken english but uh <laughs> yeah so i'll scream out master and i'll run and slide up to larkin on the floor there get you know real close uncomfortably close in his face master tell me what to do yeah he's doesn't seem to be breathing but his flesh is still warm enough to the touch right mm-hmm so like he, you get no breath on your face or anything like that, and he doesn't respond to you shaking him. Okay, so I've been left alone, masterless, with no idea what to do. Who's responsible? Well, you see two men. Well, now just one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the uh, one man has straddled another, and he's just beating now a bloody mess of a skull, fractured skull with the butt of his pistol. He just oh. keeps whacking it over and over again. And uh, clearly this, my Larkin was shot. So I'll attack that man. Is there a saber <laughs> nearby? You go for it, but it's not on your hip. Mm. Yeah. Luck roll. It's uh, like, I want to cast like in the around room. and yeah. see yeah. if there's yeah. like a sword. Or, uh, give me a luck or a, roll. or a blunderbuss. <laughs> uh, or a, what did the, what did the Spanish use? What was the rifle? I think that's, uh, I can't remember the name. Arquebus of it. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my my own luck, um, which is legendarily bad. But he never had a luck because he was just NPC. But uh, go ahead and roll a three d six for me, and we'll figure out what his luck is as a PC. <laughs> so 
So 70. So yeah, you're rolling against 70. Okay. You can just use the D100 from the dice tray. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 15. Is yeah. that good or bad? Good, real good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But it's it's one of those like French fencing foils mm-hmm. that's just hanging up over a fireplace, but it yeah. is a sword. It's yeah, it's an inferior weapon from an inferior culture, but I'll right I'll go take and it. pull yeah. it off. Yeah. Yeah, I had like two of them crossed on a mantle and you He would have been a fencer in college, <laughs> wouldn't he? <laughs> uh yeah, Mary Merriweather. Yeah. 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 So you pull it um you pull it off the mantle there and yeah. you you turn to wheel at the other man who's still pounding yeah. at the broken skull of a younger man. Yeah, so how would I be looking at this? Like, like father put me in the service of Larkin. Yeah. So, like, I'd be afraid that I'll be punished now because Larkin has been killed. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't, you, you can't really say. Or would there still be enough of me left to see that this is my chance to be free? No, no. Okay. You're totally un- under the sway of Father. Okay. And if he commanded you to protect and serve Larkin, then that's okay. That's your command. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to rush and run through the man with the <laughs> who has the pistol, who's right. most likely responsible. But he has to do it with my body, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, but it's it's the skill. So I, yeah. you're you're impacting the damage he could do because you have like a a zero for. Um, bonus damage and stuff. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, am I not controlling this body also? Uh, no, you are. Currently, we're, the conquistador is. But yeah. we're going to give Glover a luck roll to see if somebody else pops in there before <laughs> he gets run through with a sword. All right. Okay. I was going to say, if I fail this luck roll because I wanted to protect Monroe and make <laughs> sure that second round hit, I'd be angry. Yeah. All right, so Monroe, you know, you're waiting in this pool that you slopped into. You see a lantern burning that's this golden good light that attracted you. And uh, it's just sitting there up on the edge, kind of drawing you towards it since it's the point of light in here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of trying to get out. I'm going to grab that, Okay. reach out and grab that light and... How combustible is he? <laughs> Pretty combustible. <laughs> but when your hand grabs the lantern, this affords you a power roll to break into the real or perhaps the unreal. A question that will forever haunt your mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, resist it. Yeah. So, yeah, just a regular success. Mm. Okay. Well, the madness has not yet come to an end, but momentarily you struggle as you grab that lantern, you know, the, the setting that you were in this condo that belonged to Meriwether comes back in. Only you have a, this fencing foil in your hand and you're prepared to thrust it into Glover's chest. Who Glover is preparing to defend himself now against you. Am I though? <laughs> uh, because right. it's father right, yeah. doing this. So yeah. well, it's, it's more like um, instinctual type mm, defenses, okay. right? You know, so he's kind of, sort of shrugging to one side as you're approaching with this foil. And, uh, yeah, so you see Merriweather, at least you think it's Merriweather. His face is all bruised up and the, the skull's opened on one side. Man, okay. this is a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like, looking around, of course I'm going to be confused. Like, how how do I suddenly have a sword in my hand? What? Why is Glover beating Merriweather to death? 
Um, I probably also see Larkin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do uh, Fetit, does a Fetit taste remain on his tongue yeah. from the speaking of like cursed things? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, throw the weapon aside and put, throw my hands up and be like, Glover, Glover, get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself. What happened? Power roll, Glover. Here we go. It needs to be extreme. Uh, it's not. What would I need to spend to make it extreme? Because we're going to get popped if... Uh, like 30? 30 would it's be... one-fifth, right? It would be uh, 12, so 32. Yeah, 32. Luck. Yeah, to yeah. get it down to 12. Man, I'm going to be right on Brandon's level if that happens. <laughs> Just push. That's when it's the most fun. If I push, then I can't use luck, and this is already pretty low. 32 it is. So I'm down to 25, I do believe. Yeah. So from Glover's perspective, when you were given the command by the Black Pharaoh, of course you would obey such a command. It wasn't How could that, you not? Yeah, it wasn't just authority. It was... It was the most correct thing to do in that moment, you know? I mean, you knew that when you went to the will reading and you saw how Meriwether was. He deserves this. Yeah, yeah. it's society's the only thing that keeps people from getting brained when they ought to be brained. We live in a society. <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> Father will see to that, though. But there's something about Monroe and his irritating presence <laughs> that grounds you right and it and you realize that this line of thinking while it is your own it never would have gotten to that point without something right you know something else to push it there yeah so you got you got to hold it yourself so yeah i think i'll be like uh jesus christ monroe do you ever shut up <laughs> and then i'll kind of <laughs> Start looking around. Like, I wouldn't say that. You're, Why is he so irritating? Your right hand is, like, bloody up to the wrist. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll just be kind of waving, like, are you okay? What What happened? What happened? I think I'll I, look like a drunk guy that's about to puke, right? You know, where they kind of, they're wobbly, but they suddenly go, like, really still and look off some direction. Yeah. While he's talking to me. I would say that... The realization of what you did is worth a sanity roll. Okay. I would say that too, actually. And actually for you, for the gross injury to a person. I'm going to say... Oh, that's sane as hell. Yeah, I'm going to say, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I've gone through this type of stuff before. <laughs> I got this under control. <laughs> nice, we're fleshing out the background. I like <laughs> but at the same time right now, I'm... Uh, I'm also wondering, is this actually reality? Right. Am, am I back in the pyramid? Yeah, they're poised perfectly on a balance for you right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, after I, I do that, you know, and that moment of, of shock is done, I'll kind of step back and probably sit down in the chair that I was going to sit in originally and, and you know, try and take stock. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be stealing myself. Don't worry, Monroe. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Don't touch anything. <laughs> and I'll wipe off the gun. Yeah. And I'll uh, put it in Larkin's hand. And I'll okay. take... Oh, it's like, no, I'll put it in Merriweather's hand because he shot Larkin. You sh you saw that, right, Monroe? You saw it. Cold-blooded killer. They, sh they spoil brats like this. They do it all the time. And then... I'll go over to the phone. 
I'm going to be kind of mumbling to myself about and like trying to scrape imaginary fat off my legs yeah. and my arms and just be like, I need to get it. I need, but you forgot I, you have a sword in your hand, so you stab no, yourself. I, I, <laughs> I, I, you threw, no, I threw that away. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll be like, I, I I need to get clean. I need to I need I need to get clean. All right, I Monroe. To, I need to almost through the bout <laughs> we have more rounds to go so let's get a power roll from our principal inhabitors of the monroe flesh <laughs> construct d 100 but yeah i'll be uh i'll be hard success i'll be saying what the plan is out loud right so that way monroe knows the story and it will be um that's oh, nice. a critical failure yeah nice and so it will be uh oh man uh they got in an argument. He took my gun from me. He shot Larkin twice in the chest. How are we going to explain the beating, Monroe? I can actually have plausible deniability because I do not actually remember what happened. <laughs> I can oh. just say I blacked out. Yeah, it wouldn't be a fast talk. Yeah. <laughs> but it's at that moment while you're going over that that the conquistador comes back. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be sitting in the chair. So. Right, yeah. So now you're in the chair. There was a uh, some sort of lapse in time. You no longer have the foil in your hands. And this uh, Glover is, or, you know, this character is explaining something to you in his English, in such a vile tongue. Mm -hmm. You only understand it out of necessity. But yeah. We got to <laughs> stick together on this, you and me. <laughs> Meriwether, uh, Meriwether took the gun, shot him. We were defending ourselves. Do I believe him? That I could Weather be, did the shooting. I could be. Well, you had no idea who shot who, right? When you and came now, into that situation, so yeah. I mean, somebody shot him. I could be persuading. Yeah, like I, right I had. Too, so. I had just assumed it was him because he had the gun in his hand. Right. But now he's saying, yeah, it could be that he jumped to Larkin's defense and beat the assassin to death. So maybe you're on league. I had to. Yeah, and him saying we're in this together, kind of. <laughs> but if you if you sense. want a, a role to uh to help make up your mind you we could have glover put out as persuade there or something yeah okay <laughs> yeah see if you can persuade me looks like it i hit him but he was surprisingly strong for a, a preppy kid had to hit him a couple times he might live who knows right but you saw it i'll break down in tears he killed my master might not want to say that. So, and I'll, I'll, I'll put is, the. Uh, <laughs> is Whitmire still breathing? Or, or can I see if Larkin? Larkin? Or no, no, Merriweather. no. Merriweather. Merriweather? He's done, though. Merriweather's done? Yeah. For sure. He wouldn't let go of the gun. Open brain. <laughs> not that the conquistador knows. I'm just saying. Good opportunity for glum right. fluid, but nobody's in the right. Well, <laughs> okay. Not that he knows. <laughs> to collect the. Right. Um. Well, I guess at this point, then, like if I believe that the dead guy killed Larkin, then now I'll just go pick up Larkin. Okay. No, I no, guess no. he needs to be taken somewhere. I don't know where. No, no, no. Don't touch him. Right? Like, Monroe. he doesn't know what to do at this point, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Monroe, don't touch anything. Father's just... going to be so angry. It's and okay. anything that Monroe is saying to you at this point, Glover, has a Spanish accent. To it. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> Father will be And angry. he's speaking broken English for some reason, too. So it's is as it simple that, as um, possible. Is it like, is it the, oh man, is it the Barcelonan where everything sort of has. Yeah, it has the, the lispy part to it. Father now. is going to be so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I have to return well, him to the pyramid. Is that is that Castilian that they would have been? Mm. 
Well, we have to kind of suspend our disbelief because I think when you're talking about 500 years, the lingo and stuff changes changes a a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, well, so right. Like I'm like, I've been so, so overwhelmingly dominated for 500 years that I'm probably not hearing him now. So I just want to go pick up Larkin. Like I would take him somewhere. I don't even know where I am, but I got to, I'm going to suspend picking up the phone. I got to stop him from, this crime yeah. scene has to kind of have some sort of semblance of the structure to it here. So, so yeah, I'll grab my shoulders and like, don't pick him up. I told you, don't touch anything here. Are you going to bring him back? You can Do, fix it. I'm going to look at him. It. You know, like, yeah, Monroe, I'll fix it. Don't worry. Just sit down, you kooky bastard. Okay, I'll sit down. <laughs> and there is something odd when you, because he's holding Larkin now, but you see like, um, like a, blood droplet on the the back of his jacket is just like perfectly poised about to drop but it just doesn't ever fully drop and and like the like i said the physics are a little messed up where his his jacket should be like flapping down behind him but it's just holding sort of rigid although you are able to pose him and to manipulate him and so when you pick him up he's sort of cradled there like a like a child i we, guess we can show you try to try to help him out that's okay I got big. We got bigger fish to fry right now. Mm-hmm. You probably right. heard the gunshot. Maybe yeah. it's been someone probably heard it. Someone's got to. Well, at this point, I'll just since I believe him that he didn't shoot him, then I'll just listen to him. Okay, and I'll put him down and wait. Go over to the phone again. I'll keep an eye on him. I'll like kind of like a dog, you know, just keep kind of making common gestures his way. But I gotta call down to the. I gotta call us in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Was there ever anybody else that I would have taken instructions from? Just father and just Larkin. Okay. Like you, as far as the other Kari series went, it was kind of you never really had the need to communicate about what the plan was, right? So, but you you did direct them. Yeah. Like the other ones, you know, mm-hmm. and you you would kind of feel them in proximity to you. Okay. You know, by father's great understanding of all things. Mm-hmm. But you don't feel any other cars here nearby that you can call to or anything like that. All right. Am I hungry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he caught on to the fact. <laughs> has he caught on to the fact that he's being called Monroe? <laughs> Did, um, I don't know. He hasn't responded to it. I mean, he might have gone by many different names over the well, years. Well, I just am playing it. Let Larkin being dead is so traumatic that mm-hmm. I'm not really. I'll try to catch but, my reflection. In the mirror. Uh, yeah, you you see that there's some stuff that needs to be taken care of as far as your personal, uh, your clothes, because you can't bash somebody's head in without getting a little bit of splatter on you. I'm fine with that. The, right. I defended uh, myself in Monroe. Right. <laughs> Do I have defensive wounds? Oh, uh, Do we, we got no. That struggle. No, you, you didn't get hit by him at all. He was just that underpowered, you know? Is there anything heavy on the desk, like a paperweight? Yeah. Not do. There's <laughs> also probably a broken glass because you said that. Uh, yeah, it fell to the try. floor. It didn't quite break though. Yeah, um, it, paperweight will do. It just okay. has to sort of be of a similar shape to the the, the glass. gun, or yeah. not not the glass, but like the gun. Oh, gotcha. Right, something like that. Because something that he would have mm-hmm. had in his hand. Yeah. Well, you have to remember too. Forensics are in a different. And when we get mm-hmm. done this with this, we'll just leave it up to a law role to determine like how you did overall, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, there is a paperweight nearby. Yeah, so I'll have one hand kind of reach out for the phone, 
and I'll kind of hesitate, grab that, and then one of the be left side of the face. Okay. One real quick. <laughs> was um was did Meriwether have a few extra pounds on him? Um. Mm. Yeah, he was a softer looking man. You know, yeah. he, when he was in his suit because they were tailored, you you wouldn't notice. But I since he's in a bathrobe robe and it's all open, you know, he's he's got the inner tube going around the waist and his uh yeah you know the i'm gonna yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go over there to feed <laughs> I'll, I'll crawl over right i'll try and be surreptitious about it all right glover so roll a d3 uh for the damage from your self-inflicted wound there okay so two points damn damn near got a a tooth loose on that one mm. and when you turn around you see the <laughs> Monroe uh, appears to be eating the corpse of Meriwether <laughs> no, I, does he try to eat or does he wait for his lamprey like mouth to open right. up and like it's... I would be over there with my mouth well open, you're in such a you know? state that you you know you just it was so you don't think about it, right? You just go to do the eating. Now, you went to go to do the eating with what you have, which is Monroe's so jaws like and teeth. Stick his tongue out. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, so usually you have this per, you know, this protruding thing, that, and you uh, yeah. suction onto it. But you're able to just bite into the flesh, and you feel the blood sort of flow into your mouth. But it, this is not what you're used to. Yeah, right? I'll yeah. go push him off. <laughs> <laughs> so hungry. I don't care. Shit down in that Master, jam. I'm so hungry. Don't move. <laughs> Monroe ain't a fighter. Yeah. He, he he probably yeah. So that's what I'll do. I'll I'll just um you know I've been obey, obeying for so long that I'll just right. I'll keep, keep doing that. <laughs> so I'll go sit down in the chair, but I'll I'll keep staring at the yeah. Body I'll keep an eye on him. <laughs> All right, Monroe. So you're for a split second, you were back to one equally real version of events where you were in the condo but things had gone terribly wrong but now you are back beneath the pyramid with this lantern in your hand and you're running um through these halls that you remember so well Mm -hmm. uh where you guys had bombed or dynamited dynamited part of it and you had a rope you just have to circle around this inner chamber to get to that rope yeah, I'll uh, be sprinting as fast as I can. Right. Um, but yeah, still like like my brain isn't quite working the way that you do when you're fully recognized. Like when you first wake up out of a dream, you know how you kind of have the impressions of, of what had already been in your dream. Yeah. And you can't shake that they're like you're still trying to react what it what yeah. was in there. So yeah, at the at the same time, I'm like fleeing for my life out of this temple i'll be like what was glover doing you know <laughs> why why was he why we were there to talk to meriwether not to kill him but i'm still like running as fast as i can and then you know flashing back and forth between stanton and the rest of them being in the flesh pit and then you know larkin being there and like how did larkin find us and you know back and forth back and forth back and forth uh between the two realities as my brain kind of right. tries to digest it yeah, while you're having that mental struggle, you you come across this chimney and you see the tail of the rope dangling there. You know they were sharply angled. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still a bit of a climb uh, once you get past the angled point to where you're going like straight up. Okay. So uh, 
it's when you're getting there, you know, bracing yourself against the wall, preparing to climb. You see the slate gray sky of Peru mm-hmm. overhead that you hear like, uh, you know, these liquid sounds of movement behind you downward, downward the chimney. Okay. Where he just came from. So is this an oil lamp or an electric lamp? It's an oil lamp. Okay. Um, I'll throw it towards the base of the, the chimney. Yeah. So when you throw it down there, you see uh, these larvae are kind of uh, all like crawling over each other to, to where they almost form like a unified tendril. And they're sort of following up after you. Not like they're threatening you, but like you're leading the way mm. out of the place. But when you throw your lantern on them, it bursts into flame. And there's a, a great push of heat and flame in both directions down this narrow chimney. Um, give me a constitution roll. Uh, oh, <laughs> to avoid catching on fire. Well, it's almost 50-50. That, yeah, no. Oh, push. Yeah. <laughs> it works so well for you. <laughs> Why do you run so slow? All right, so you don't have to mark it, but you take five points of damage. What's your hit point total? Twelve. Twelve. All right, so you just smell like burning hair, you know, your own, you think. Yeah. And uh, your skin is tender feeling but uh you can try to climb out there yeah and smoke starting to choke up around you yeah as soon as i throw it i'm trying to get out I'll dex it. is just fine on this one or climb whichever is higher since you have a brace both of them are horrible <laughs> but we'll go with dex so you just you're not able to lift your own body weight so you're not making any headway of course you can push that just means you will fall if you fail, it means you actually make progress, but then fail. This is the rope all greased now, too. <laughs> Your hands are. Yeah. And there's a fire behind you. Um, I'll wait one more turn to try and get a, a second attempt at it. Um, but yeah, he like the panic is starting to build again as these things get closer and as the fire gets closer. But yeah, he's like he's yeah he's just kind of. In a weird state. Right, so. yeah. All right, so back in the condo, the Whitmire persona comes into play. So, Whitmire, you have the taste of blood in your mouth. <laughs> uh, your your cheeks are wet. It feels like tears on your cheeks. And uh, <laughs> you're kneeling over the co- the corpse of Meriwether. What do you do? Mm. He was pushed back. He sat oh, in the chair. Yeah, okay. yeah I'd move back to the chair. <laughs> Uh well I mean I'll I'll spit first just get try to get that taste out I, and then then kind of probe you know my mouth with my tongue and see like did and I, I'm assuming that uh, this this other person is in front of me and uh, I'm just wondering like did did he hit me with something because I'd blacked out for there for a minute and now I come back to you know. Uh, mouth full of blood, and I, I would never cry unless I was knocked out. I mean, well, give that's me just a natural. Give me cry. a spot hidden. <laughs> nice, sharp-eyed, sharp-eyed enough to notice a small wound uh, on the torso of this corpse of this person you don't know that uh, <laughs> have the indentation of teeth, <laughs> and you've never bit a person or tried to eat a person but for some reason you have the unshakable <laughs> understanding that the taste in your mouth is from or is that person's blood 
And Glover's mm. there still saying something. Of course, you don't know Glover in this version of Fresh Whitmire. mark on his face. Yeah. Okay. I mean, as weird as it sounds, putting two and two together, for whatever reason, I bit this person, and then I'm assuming when he tried to stop me, I punched him or hit him with something. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try and talk my way out of it. <laughs> Is uh, basically that, uh, listen, pal, I don't know you. You don't know me. It's like, I'm not sure what went down here, right? I mean, must have been some, some drugs that we took or something. But, uh, you know, there, there's two dead guys here, and, and we got to get out of here, right? As uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but Do I we just got to go. Whitmire, like, annotations? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. what's your psychology? It's pretty high, isn't it? 60. And you've kind of done some buddy cop stuff with them. Yeah. I would say you don't need to roll to notice that you, this is like Monroe doing a damn good impression of Whitmire. Because it is Monroe's Very voice, damn his good. vocal cords. But yeah, you, it's they have a different accent. Like what, uh, I imagine Monroe, just the way Justin does it, is kind of this, not posh exactly, but trying to give the air of an intellectual, right? Yeah. Maybe too big of words, that sort of thing. S- trying to hide a slight yeah. accent or something. But this is pure street. You know, that you're getting now. Yeah, which okay. seems, oh, uh, yeah, him, okay. Yeah. Uh, Whitmire? I got an extreme success. On your fast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Damn. he did, this person you don't know did say Whitmire question mark. As, uh, well, all right, so obviously you know me, I don't know you. All right. Is all, uh, but yeah, I'll, I mean, that that will will make me stop a bit, and I'll I'll look at him questioningly. Be you know, who who else do you think I would be? Right, Is, uh, the you know Duke of some place, right? <laughs> All right, well, Austria. I'm his. I'm gonna have to t- take the uh, penalty die from him because um, like I'd be right there with you, with my my getting out of here. But they know we're here. They know our faces. We got to call us in. I know people. They'll help us out. You know how this goes. Wait a minute. Who know? Who knows we're here, though? <laughs> the receptionist at the desk. Ah, jeez. You just sit there. Stick to the plan. All right, so... You're good on your feet. I, uh, wh- what were we even doing here? We were talking to Meriwether's son. That's As... the guy with the brains on the floor. You mean Meriwether, Meriwether who hired me for Peru? Sure. It was an old guy, right? That's who you're thinking about? Well, yeah. Okay. Now, catch up, Whitmire. I know you think fast on your feet. Come on. <laughs> this is his kid. Meriwether's dead. Both of them, in fact, now. Old Meriwether, he got killed at some other location. I don't know what the hell happened to him. I just brained his... Uh, I just uh, clubbed his head in. <laughs> Here. In defense, of course. Right? <laughs> right? As, uh, well, obviously it was self-defense. Snatched I my mean, gun. It, it, it's pretty obvious what happened here. Yeah, he shot him, but, I mean, that body doesn't look quite right. <laughs> we'll worry about it later. And I'll, uh, I'll point to, to Larkin. But I need to call like this in. And while you're here, Whitmire, <laughs> I need you to just stay in that chair for me to make this phone well, call. hurry up and do your thing. We gotta get out of here. All right. And I'll pick up or the phone. Or get out of this situation. <laughs> <laughs> and does it go to uh, operator or does right, it go yeah. to reception? It goes automatically to uh, reception and you can have them connect you to the operator. All right. I need you 
uh, hello, this is Jack Glover up in, uh, what is the condo? Uh, 802. Up in 802. I need you to patch me on through. Oh, man, who would, uh, do I know anyone? Like on the police force, you'd want to contact? Like buddy, yeah, like buddy yeah. on the force. Well, um, you got along with Fallon real well, but you got to X him because he just up and disappeared one day. And so you think the next one would probably be, uh, his name escapes me. You just talked to him. Oh, Bell. Uh, Bell. Yeah. Uh, although sometimes you're not sure. Yeah. But you definitely can't do Nichols because he's like a paladin. Yeah. You know. All right. I need you to patch me through to Detective Bell's desk down at Boston PD. Make it quick, please. Yes, sir. Hold one moment. All right, Mr. Monroe. The fire's reaching towards you, licking towards you. What are you going to do? Scramble up. All another right. Another climb. Or decks. Definitely decks. Holy crap. Yeah, I don't even have enough to uh, buy that success. So I have no choice but to try and push it. <laughs> yep. Always push. All right, here we go. Oh, oh my goodness. What did it do? It's being slow for me. Yeah. <laughs> 28 out of 30. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, in the, my last frantic moment, I scrambled. <laughs> yeah, you you scramble up that rope. It wasn't a long ways, but it sure feels like a long ways when fire's, you know, licking up the chimney. You scramble towards that slate gray sky, uh, not like the, the greenish sickly light you were surrounded by, to the fresh air. And it's when you finally scramble over the lip of that chimney that your bout of temporary madness ends. Okay. And That's the good. Monroe persona returns. I was going to try to sculpt flesh on my next turn. <laughs> try to start sculpting the corpses yeah. into a more suitable... You would have got a, another one, but he fumbled it, so he got out of the running. Lucky for Monroe. Unlucky <laughs> yeah. for the rest of us. But yes... Okay. Monroe, you return to your body. Does the critical failure leave some sort of residue that might hint at the stasis that was used by the elder thing? Oh, in his mind? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of a good idea. Maybe uh, like a pat. It's like kind of patched. Like yeah. he can pick at it. Right. Might yeah. have consequences or something. Yeah. So when you do come back um, to this could be the real place, maybe you don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. It feels real now that you're here, but so did the other place. Uh, you see sort of um, something around Larkin that uh, is, you, you can't even really begin to describe it, but there's something encasing him that's fading even now as you look at it. Maybe Larkin doesn't line up with himself correctly. Right. It's like he's all odd angles, but not like almost like a broken mirror. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like... Like if somehow you could splinter reality and it's just slightly out of out of jig at different points. It kind of lends itself to this not being the real reality, though. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll leave the condo to find out what happens. And the final scene will be Dr. Andrews closing the book of an encyclopedia in a comfy library and putting it back on the shelf. And Dr. Call looking at you and saying... How about we go get some drinks? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And uh, well, thanks for playing, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank, thank you, was, uh, Travis. Thank, thank you. you. Quite the eventful <laughs> son of a. Oh, that was pretty fun. It was. Now, now he's been.
blooded clever has. <laughs> This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.